Hey, it's Janessa. And I'm Katie. And this is Say What? Okay, guys. We are back for episode two with my girl Jenny Weller. And uh, we kind of touched on her reasoning for moving to Asia. Can I say that? Is that appropriate? Yeah. Asia? yeah. Okay. Sure. Um, and then we will be a little bit more specific on where she went and why. So take sure. it away, Jenny. <laughs> well, man. Um, I was telling Janessa on our break, like I, um, made like notes about like what to talk about just cause her and I, like we said, we can talk about anything. So it's like squirrel foot. Uh, what are we talking about? <laughs> so I'm like, Stay on let's track. like, let's like focus a little bit. And I was like adding some more notes today. I was like, Oh God, this is a lot to like unpack and talk about and whatever. But, um, yeah, so 2009, I got laid off from a teaching job and, um, I actually worked at, um, it's called inside the outdoors, like for sixth grade camp up in big bear. I did that for the year. Um, cause I just didn't, like, I really didn't know what to do. I thought about teaching abroad. I had first looked at like moving to Japan, um, to just teach English and like, you know, Japan seemed cool. Like I, I found this cool town, like, um, that was on the water. They have surfing. I was like, Oh, this would be awesome. But I mean, I was kind of like F you America. If I can't get a job, like I have a freaking master's degree, like this is bullshit. I'm out. And I was just really turned off about staying. So I was just doing tons of research while I was getting paid really bad working in the mountains. <laughs> but to be fair, like you guys, I got to like hike and like, kids lived with me during the week and like I learned so much about like nature and the stars and like it was it was super amazing um it was just really bad pay and yeah I had student loans so that was that was really fun that's not stressful so no not at all um but I was just doing a lot of research and you know I was like okay I was like really set on Japan excuse me and then I had um seen a job posting um for a summer job through Disney English um, you guys, I hate fucking Disney anything. Like I fucking hate it. Like even more so spoiler alert after working for them. Um, there, I just, I have no respect for their company, but for me, I'm like, hold on. They'll pay for my ticket there. And it was a summer program. So I was going to live in a hotel. So basically I was going with a bunch of Americans to teach the summer camp all your lessons are taken care of. Like you just look like, yep, cool. And I'm like, ugh. but little kids like, fuck, like I love big kids. And I was like, whatever, man, like it's for the summer. So I interviewed with them. They offered me the job. And, um, I think I got offered the job in like April or March, but like with the whole visa process, it takes a while. Like with China, they're a communist country. You have to have like an invitation letter and you have to have all this stuff. So Went to the Chinese embassy in LA, had to like drop off my passport, which I'm like, please don't steal it. Like, please give it back to me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And, you know, the plan was, okay, well, like I'm employed for the summer, but I kind of told my parents, well, like, I think I'm just going to plan on being there for a while. Like I'm going to try and get another job, like teaching, you know, or stay with Disney if like, that's the only thing I could do. Um. So yeah, in June, 2010, I had a ticket bought for me to go and I knew there was going to be probably like, I don't know, 
I had never been to Asia. I didn't really know a ton about China. Like I was just like, Oh, I'm going to Shanghai. Okay, great. Like I was doing research, like biggest city and like pollution and just like giant skyscrapers. I was like, fuck it, whatever. Let's just go. So I did. And I think I didn't, there's so God, there's like so much about China and I can only talk about so much because we only I mean, have so I much just time. You sending me pictures of these guys, like, I don't even know what the fuck they were doing. There were wires hanging everywhere. Totally. And just, oh, yeah. Oh, I'm like, what is going on in this picture? And you just be like, oh, China. Yeah. Oh, gosh, you guys. Like, oh, China was like such a phrase that even friends now are like, I miss your oh, China post. I'm like, <laughs> I know. So, like, going there, you know, like, so we did the summer camp and, like, God, I had to, like, sing stupid songs to kids. And I'm like, this is. <laughs> fuck me. Like I am a high school history teacher, but like, it was fine. I made really good friends. I mean, like living abroad, I mean, you probably would agree to like in Florence, like your friends are your family. Yeah. Um, and you rely really heavy on them to just be everything for you. And especially in our expat community in Shanghai, like our thing sometimes would be like, well, like if you met someone new, it was always like, well, how long are you going to be here for? Right. Cause like, not to be mean, but like investing all this time and energy and they're like, oh, I'm just here for like a couple months. Like, uh, okay. Yeah. So you guys, I ended up staying in Shanghai for two years. Um, and it was like the hardest, but like most amazing thing that I've done. I've never lived in a city that big before. I mean, I think at the time it was like 26 million people. Um, so after I, yeah, I switched to an international high school. So like I got my, and I was teaching history, which was awesome. And I got, um, my own apartment. And, um, so when you live in an apartment, anyone Chinese or expats, you have to register with the local police. You just bring them your lease and you're like, yep, cool. Bring them your passport. Like kind of a, okay, you're registered in this like neighborhood precinct basically. It's part of their communist ways to keep tabs on everyone. Mm -hmm. And um, in my second apartment that I lived in, I just like totally forgot to register with the police. And like, it was just always in the back of my head, like, oh, I need to go down there. And I just kept forgetting. And my work visa needed to be renewed. And I had to have a printout that I had registered with the police. And I was like, shit. So I called like my leasing agent and was like, Hey, I'll tell you guys, you can pay money for anything to do anything. Um, so I said, Hey, can I give you some money? And can you change the date on my lease? Because my lease started in January. This was now April. And I'm like, the police oh, are going to be fucking pissed. Yeah. Like they're going to find me money. I don't even know what they're going to do. They're just going to be mad. So can, can you just change the date? And they were like, cool. I don't remember how much I gave them. I gave them money. They changed it. No problem. Printed it out, dropped it off. Cool. So I go after work one day, I'm like, fuck, finally, I got to go to the police department. So I go, you guys, I'll also say I speak very little Mandarin. I learned a bit when I was teaching the little kids, you know, think about how you learn a foreign language, colors, numbers, directions, mm -hmm. animals, whatever. Um, I spoke very little Mandarin. Um, so I go to a police station and I think they made my lease start April 1st and it was like, I don't know, the second week of April, because I was getting ready to go to the Philippines on spring break. And I'm like, I got to do this before I go. 
And the lady was like, oh, this is very late. And in my head, I'm like, girl, you don't even yes, know. Yes, it is, girl. Yes, it is. <laughs> and they were like, oh, you must, you must pay money. And I'm like, no, no, I don't. I was like, show me. Like, I learned some bad habits in China. But I was like, show me where in English that it says I have to pay a fine for being two weeks late. Yeah. Maybe four months late, but whatever. <laughs> but and she's like, no, no, you you must pay. You must pay. And I'm like, no, no. And so I said, okay, fine. Give me my passport back. Like, I'm going to go. Even though I knew I couldn't leave because I had to do this to then get my work visa renewed. And um, we were, like, arguing back and forth. I think I was there for, like, an hour. And finally, she was just like, okay, fine. Next time, make sure you do it on time. I'm like, yeah, yeah, no problem. Mm. Get my paperwork. You're like, <laughs> like fuck off, lady. <laughs> pretty much. And I mean, I will say like, okay, so it's a communist country and being an expat there, like some things don't really affect you as like an expat compared to like a local person. Um, I mean, you're not like being an asshole or anything, but you know, I don't know. I think it's just different being an expat versus like a Chinese person living in that country. And, um, you know, we, I mean, the food was amazing. Like, I mean, all the food, I really didn't eat meat. Like my first, like That's six what I was months, say. I was, I was kind of nervous. Um, but then I was like, Oh, meat on a stick at 2am coming out of the bar is great. What meat is it? I don't know. <laughs> Where'd this kind of forget? Eh, don't know. I will say though, so like my first, like, so that summer, I mean, yes, I was getting paid working at this summer camp, but like, it took a while to get paid and like all this stuff. And so I didn't really have like a lot of money. And so, I mean, I ate a ton of local food, which was great, but I told myself, okay, when I get my first paycheck, um, in the Chinese diet, like cheese isn't in it. And I was like, I just want cheese. Like I, I, I gotta go. So there was this expat shop that grocery store that you could go to and um they had all I mean some stuff was so expensive and the cheese wasn't too bad so I bought a block of cheddar cheese and crackers oh yeah and I went home and I tore that thing up and my stomach hurt so bad I'm sure (laughs) so bad because I really wasn't eating like having a lot of dairy like my stomach was like what is happening um it was worth the pain like it's like, so good, but it hurts so bad. I know. I know. But like, so you guys, my school paid my rent, um, which was really awesome. And they, and I also, when I, so I was living by myself, my first apartment. Um, oh yeah. I forgot to write this down. I'm a, I got carbon monoxide poisoning when I was there. Uh, I did not know this. Yeah. So in my first apartment, I was in a studio and I was cooking pasta and doing some lesson plans and I like wasn't paying attention and like the water boiled over, but I just was so distracted. I forgot to turn the gas off. Now in America, it has a smell. So you would know. And, um, I just remember being like, fuck, I have like a headache. Like this is annoying. And this was like, October something. So I don't think my window, like, I think it was colder at night. So I like couldn't go to bed because I had a headache, which I think in the end saved my life because I didn't feel good. So I like got up to go to the bathroom and I had to walk. It was like a studio that had like doors that shut. 
And I remember walking past the kitchen to go to the bathroom and I like was like, oh my gosh, the gas is on. And then I passed out. And then I like woke up and I like did gross things in the bathroom and I like turned it off. And then I was trying to get like from the bathroom to like my living room to open up the windows, like to get fresh air. And I don't know how many times I passed out. Oh my God. I did not know this. Yeah. So I like didn't know what to do because I'm like, okay, it's like, I don't even know where the hospital is. Yeah. And you're like, what do I even say? Right. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I have a concussion. Um, so I like texted my work wife, Pam, my sister wife, she, she's from Canada and she worked at my school and we would commute together. She was like a few stops for me. So like, I would like jump off the train or if I saw her, she would know like what train to get into the Metro. And then we would go to school. And I like texted her in the middle of the night. I was like, I know you're not awake, but like, I think I got carbon monoxide poisoning. Um, like I'll see you. I don't know what to do. So I'm just going to go to work. Oh my God, of course you would do that. I know, but I also like knew enough. I'm like, okay, I'm setting my alarm. So like every hour on the hour I woke up and, you know, cause if you have a concussion, you can't like fully get into REM sleep. And, um, I like told my students and my admin what happened kind of like, and my neighboring teachers of like, Hey, if I'm acting weird, like go get someone. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what's going to happen guys, but I'm here. Okay. Oh my God. Yeah. So that was kind of crazy. Um, I also had to get a root canal in China. Oh, Lord um, have mercy. Yeah. That was like month two of me living there. And I, it, I only have one cavity. I still only have one cavity. And I remember I went to my dentist before I left to be like, Hey, can you check this out? Like everything's cool. He's like, yeah, it's great. And I was like eating a piece of bread and I'm like, Oh my God, like half my tooth fell off. It's like, what's happening? Oh (laughs) shit. So I had to get a root canal and a. That was, uh, that took, it was like the way they do it there. It it was like over two weeks. So I had to like go in, they did part of it. I just had my like earphones. I was like, I need to listen to music. Like my mouth had to be open forever. Oh, that was that was fun. Um, just like random shit. And also you guys like in a foreign country, um, the cool thing, like when I first moved there, since we were all there kind of together, the people in charge of our summer program, like they took all of us to a place to get cell phones. They took all of us to the bank to open up a bank account. So like, I feel really grateful for that. Just like shit that like, you're like, what? I don't even know what to do. So at least that was like, helpful. And then I had actually had, um, my friend Danny gave me like an, like one of her iPhones and was like, Hey, like you should use this. So I went on Craigslist, I think. And I found someone in the apartment complex across from me that unlocks iPhones. So I like texted a friend of like, here's the address. If I don't come back, this is where my body is. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So I went there and he, unlo- he unlocked my iPhone so then I could put my Chinese SIM card in it. Yeah. Um, and you guys, so many things are blocked um, on Chinese internet. So you use a VPN. If you don't know what that is, it changes your IP address. Um, and I wanted it to be anywhere in America because I wanted to be able to watch Netflix. And at the time, once again, technology, it's 2010. Um, there was no FaceTime. There was only like Skype, mm-hmm. you know. 
So I wanted to be able to do all of that on my phone. So I had a VPN on my phone and my computer. Um, so you could do, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Netflix, YouTube, all that shit's blocked. Um, and still is. And it, it cracks me up because I'm like, oh my gosh, like people in the middle of nowhere in China probably have VPNs on their phone. Like, come on. Does it really matter? Does it really? <laughs> so like any Chinese person can just get a VPN or no? Well, you have that... to pay for, I think there's probably some free ones. Um, but it's like, if you look on your phone, actually under settings, mm -hmm. there's a thing for a VPN and you can punch in your information. Um, so it just blocks, it just blocks where you currently are and changes it. Fake. It does like a fake signal to somewhere else. Yeah. That's what the predators do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like all the, the pedophiles. I always wondered how to do that, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's not hard. Yeah, it's relevant when you're living in another country mm -hmm. that doesn't allow you to do jack shit. Yeah, but I mean, honestly, living there, I mean, I had a great apartment. My second apartment I had, I shared with um, a guy from England and a girl from the Netherlands. Um, we had a maid, which was super awesome. It was super cheap. And, like, sometimes I would laugh, like, maybe she was bored because, like, she would I'd find my like thong underwear folded on my bed. I'm like, oh, I must not have anything to do. Sweet. Thank you. Hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, things that like now I would never have the luxury of affording, yeah. you know? Um, so like that was cool to have a maid. And um, because my housing was paid for like, and you do pay taxes in China, but like not to America, just to the Chinese government. And it's very minimal. Um and I got to travel a ton. I mean, I went to the Philippines three times. Um, I went to Thailand a couple times. I went like all over, um, all over China. Um, my mom came to visit me one time in Shanghai. My dad came to visit and he and I went to Beijing and we got to hike the Great Wall of China, which was so cool. That is really cool. Um, it was just like such a cool experience. There's this one part of the wall um, and you take a gondola up. And you like walk all around and then you take this like alpine slide down and oh my you just like haul ass. But in true Chinese fashion, there's like barely any like protective yeah. barriers. And I'm like, well, I might go over the edge. <laughs> oh my god! But gosh. I mean, the day-to-day -day life, some of it's hard and frustrating. Like, I mean, just like at home, you get frustrated with like work and stuff, but then you add like a foreign country and foreign language and, and just like a totally different culture. I mean, there really is a difference between East and West mindset, mm -hmm. you know, like, um, when I was teaching summer camp, Amy, um, she, she was my teaching assistant who's amazing. And she's fluent in both Chinese, uh, Mandarin and Shanghainese and then English. So she would translate for kids and families. And, um, I remember one time on our break, I was like, Hey, we got to go to family Mart, which is like the Seven Eleven. I was like, I want to get a Magnum ice cream bar. Like I'm craving chocolate. I'm going to be on my period. And she was like, Oh no, like you should not have something that's cold. Like you want to like you should be drinking warm things and eating warm things to like keep your body chi like the same temp. And I'm like, I'm good, dude. Yeah, I just want You're, I'm American. We don't follow those rules, okay? <laughs> so we just make yeah, shit up. So, yeah, it'd be interesting. But um, my international school. I mean, I had kids from all over the world. I mean, I had Egypt, Iran. I had some some Americans, um, Korea. Japan. I mean, all over the place. And a lot of them, their parents were doing 
business, you know, in uh, Shanghai. A lot of our kids had drivers. Um, mm. I remember we were we were chaperoning prom and like these kids, some of our high school kids like stuck their head out the window and they're like, hey, what are you guys doing later? And we're like, uh, I don't know, where are you guys going? And they said some bar because like it, the age isn't, doesn't really matter. And all of us were like, not going to that bar. Yeah. Thank you. Don't want to drink. There. Yeah. No. Or like kids would be late to my class. I'm like, what? come on. I'm like, what the heck? They're like, sorry, my driver was late. I'm like, but that's their job. Their job is to take you to school. Yeah. And then we're just like walking to the metro, taking the metro, <laughs> like these little peons. Like, so can your driver pick me up on his way to I know. school? So tell you know what, though? Go ahead. Can you talk to them? Because you told me about, um, and you were going to write a book at some point about this, uh, being <laughs> pregnant in China and the, the whole experience of being pregnant and the role of the pregnant woman versus her mm. the grandmother and all that. Yeah. Okay. So I was not pregnant in China guys, you know, um, but yeah, so like in China, I mean, they had a one child policy for a really long time and, um, that's kind of like messed with their population. Um, but like, yeah, you're, you're not allowed to find out the sex of the baby. Now as a Westerner, like you can go to a Western doctor and like, they'll tell you and stuff, but like as a Chinese person, if you're pregnant, yeah, like you can't find out the sex of your baby because a lot of people, if they found out they were having a girl, they would just abort it. And that, yeah. So that was like, so we need the girls to actually have the babies, but, uh, well, I mean, there's a huge, there's a huge disparity between male and females right now. And there's tons more males than females. Um, remind me, I'll talk about the marriage market Mm. after this pregnancy thing. Um, so yeah, so like, I guess kind of talking about like the roles in the family, like, so it's like one kid is raised by like two sets of grandparents, but the parents themselves aren't really responsible for raising their kid. Like they'll go back to work and like do all of that. But like the grandparents are there to babysit and like raise the kids. Um, and that's just like a, that's just a cultural thing. Um, so a lot of these kids, like, you know, when you're being raised by someone that's like a gen, like it skips a generation, there's a lot of like funky things. I feel like, you know, like if, like if we were raised by our grandparents, we would be a lot different people than like being raised by our parents or some people who were raised by like siblings or aunts and uncles, you know? Um, and just kind of like the roles in the family, like, I mean, yeah, like there's really no disparity of like men and women working. Like they, everyone, you know, everyone works. Um, I would say like maybe some really wealthy people, maybe like the female doesn't work, but even if you didn't work, you still wouldn't be raising your kid. Like that's the grandparents or an IE or auntie would raise your kid. Um, if you don't, for some reason, don't have parents nearby. That's so weird. Okay. So then talk about, um, Right after the woman has the baby, you mentioned something about like they think that the bones break or something and they have to. Oh, yeah. Okay. So some of this I know because um, my friend Pam, who's Canadian, her um, ex-husband is Chinese and they had two kids. They have two kids and one of them she had in China and like bless her for even having her kid 
Jacob in China because it's crazy. And then she has the Chinese mother-in-law, which is even more crazy. So like <laughs> she like had her kid um, literally signed herself out of the hospital because she's like, okay, all done. Like, I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. Get me the fuck out of here. So after you have the kid, you can't take a shower for a month. Oh, and that. Right. I mean, think, okay. I haven't had kids, but like, and like all this, like you just want to shower and like, that's the first thing I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. So they believe that your skeleton, like literally like breaks apart to be able to like make room for this baby. So they believe that you should lie down for like a month basically. And your mother-in-law or your mother will like be bringing you bone soup to like help put your bones back together. That's so wild. It is. There's so much about Eastern medicine that I really do like more than I do mm-hmm. Western medicine, but some of that shit is just like, what? Yeah. What? So, eh, no, that doesn't work for me. Yeah. And you like can't wash your hair and there's all well, these things. I don't things, have that yeah true true I mean some of it I guess you could equate to like old wives tales that we've heard you know um what's the law not taking a shower and like washing your hair do they say why oh god I can't remember I know there used I, I used to know but I will say a funny story so after Pam had Jacob, you know, I was coming over to see the baby and she texted me and was like hey my mother-in-law is here don't go in the kitchen I was like okay So I like, you know, meet the baby hanging out. I'm like, what's up? Like what's in the kitchen? So, um, the word to go in Mandarin is Daobao. So like, if you're eating food, you'd be like, oh, blah, 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 like Daobao. And they put stuff to go for you. So, um, her placenta was put in to go stuff, which now I feel like in America, it's like getting more popular. Like you, you know, bring your placenta somewhere and they make like capsules. Yeah. Like, I don't, did you do that or? I wanted to and Alan thought I was crazy. So, you know, I dropped okay. that idea. Right. So like back then I was like, what the fuck now? I'm like, okay. So there's all these like nutrients and all mm-hmm. this stuff. Mm-hmm. However, okay. Little bit different when you send your placenta off to a medical professional to put yeah. it into pills, yep. like crush it up. Uh-huh. Um, or. Her mother-in-law was stir-frying it in the fucking kitchen. That's sweet for everybody to eat or just for her? I guess it's like. I don't know. (laughs) I was like. That's another surprise meat. Is that considered? um, I don't know. Right. Yeah. I I don't know. And at the time, Pam was like a diehard vegetarian. So she's just like, what the fuck, man? And yeah, I mean, God, you could have her on here and she could tell so many stories being married to someone who's Chinese, dealing with in-laws, having a baby, going to doctor's appointments. I mean, uh, God, I mean, this was 2010, 2011. So some of it, I feel like I've just like blocked out at some yeah. point. Um, so once again, it's Eastern versus Western and, you know, stuff that we think is weird. That's their life. That's what they do, yeah. which totally fine yeah. you know like we're in their country we're living there um i mean i met some of my best adult friends living in china and um you know i always whenever we do get to hang out i'm always like you know another china survivor like you know we got yeah. to hang out and all of that and um yeah i mean it was just i've never lived in such a big 
city. I mean, I'm from Orange County and like had to drive everywhere. So it was really cool to like walk, um, take the Metro was great. I mean, it was so cheap. It got you everywhere. Um, there were the, we like, yeah, there's just so easy to get where you need to go. We took cabs and it was cool. There was this, um, website, gosh, it was called like Shanghai expat. And you could type in the streets you were going to, and they would put it like in um, Chinese characters and in pinyin. Pinyin's like our, how we see it versus Chinese characters. Huh. And because um, like you did, a lot of the cab drivers were from like rural areas outside of the city. So they couldn't read like the, the English alphabet you know, yeah, or like a regular right? alphabet. Yeah. yeah. So like they knew how to read characters. So if you showed that to them, because also you guys, Mandarin is a tonal language. And I really think a lot of Asian people sing really well. In it. And I think it's because it's, they have a tonal language, same with like Vietnam and stuff because they hear things differently. So like, mm -hmm. for example, the word ma can mean spicy. It can mean six different things, but like one would be spicy and one is hoarse super different so if you're telling you're at a restaurant like yeah i want it to be spicy but then the way you say it horse they're like what what the fuck are you talking about that's so you know interesting i did not know yeah that. yeah so like you would tell a cab driver like dongbei lu xinjia lu and they'd like look at you so it was always this game they would say it and you're like no no and then you would say it again and then, like, once they figured out what streets, they'd be like, oh, how da, how da, okay, like, okay, okay, yeah, I know where you're going. And you're like, all right, cool. And I would always look up on, like, Google Maps and stuff, because once again, it was before you could, like, really have internet on your phone, like, why, you know, like, yeah. so, like, I was always like, well, I hope I get there. Yeah. <laughs> Fingers <laughs> crossed. <laughs> right. So, I always kind of had, like, buildings or things I knew. I mean, and to be honest, I wasn't going, like, that far. Um, yeah. It's still but like in the wind unknown. I know. And you know, like if we were in Italy, you just fucking did it. Yeah. yeah. You know, but the thing um, with Italy it is like, you know, when I lived there, there is a real thing like culture shock. You do, you do mm -hmm. go through a whole wave of like emotions and frustration and you know, they live a very different life than we yep. do. Um, and it's just learning to adapt to their culture and way of doing things. But for, yeah. for Italian, I think the difference is like, it's a, it's the same, essentially the same alphabet, right? We're using the same characters, whereas in Chinese, you're not even using the same, nothing is the same. Yeah, I know. Like there's zero similarity. Yep, yep, no, totally. But um, yeah, I mean, it was a really good experience. I mean, my school wasn't like amazing. I was the only high school history teacher, so that was pretty stressful. Um, I taught without a US government book the whole time. Um, because it was stuck in customs. Um, China likes to say that like they have tabs on like Hong Kong, Taiwan and Macau. And if they look at a map and they're not the same color, then like that's not okay. So that's why my book was stuck in customs. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But I mean, it was actually kind of cool. Like, um, I was able to like, I mean, us government's us government is pretty fucking boring. Um, so I kind of like gave some highlights, but my, I had no Americans in that class. I had um, two people from Taiwan, two from Japan and two from South Korea. So I had them like, we did regular us government. 
because we had to, but I also had them do kind of like controversial governments to like study that. So, you know, like South Africa, North Korea, we did China. Um, and what, Oh, we did Northern Ireland as Mm. well. Um, so that was super cool. And I had them teach me about their government. Yeah. And let me tell you, they're like 17 year olds and they know way more about their government than like any of the students I've taught in America. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's like, and they, you go. <laughs> yeah, probably. But like they were telling me um, in Taiwan, there was going to be an election that year and their parents had to go back and vote in person or they would not be able to vote ever again. Wow. Like they had to go back. And I was like, and so I said, I was like, oh, are your parents going back? They're like, oh, yeah, absolutely. It's like, oh, okay. Interesting. Um, so, like, as much as, like, okay, great, like, U.S. government, because I'm at American school, I have to teach it. But, like, I learned so much from my kids from other places. Mm-hmm. Like, it was it was so cool. Um, like, we had this senior mentor thing, and um, I got to mentor. I didn't teach her, but I got to mentor um, Zainab who was from Iran and she was just so cool. And it was like really fun to mentor her. We had to mentor them through this like senior project. Um, So I just like, I love other cultures and like traveling. So getting to meet people that are from those countries and we're all in the same boat as far as like we're expats, we're living in a different country. Um, So yeah, kind of towards, my last year in China, I was there for two school years. I was like, I need a fucking break. Like, yeah. I wasn't ready to go back to America. And I was like, okay, I just started applying for other jobs. And I um, got a job in Da Nang, Vietnam at an international school. So I was going from like a huge city with 26 million people to beach town in Vietnam. And I was, you know, I was really sad to leave my friends, but it was kind of cool. I'd gone back to Southern California for, um, for the summer. And then I went back to China to like pack up my stuff. Cause then they paid for me to fly like from China to Vietnam. My other school had paid for me to come back. Cause I didn't tell them I was quitting yet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, gotta play that game. Yeah. <laughs> um, how far is, uh, um, the flight from, China to Vietnam or where you were in right. Shanghai. It was like a huge storm. So I was like stuck forever. But I think if you went direct, I mean, China's like the size of the United States. So it's big. Um, I think it's probably God. I don't know. Direct. I don't know. Maybe six hours. Okay. Hmm. Like it's pretty far Yeah. Um, to go down there. Yeah. Um, Totally different culture. Yeah. And even harder of a language, I thought. And I think maybe Mandarin to me, it was still really hard, but like I could figure it out just because I was like with little kids the first Mm -hmm. few months I was there. So like they just speak differently than adults, Mm -hmm. you know? So just picking up on all that um, made it easier. So yeah, I, um, worked at another international school and I rented once again, my ha- my rent was paid for by my school. I'll tell you guys, it was like 500 us a month. And I had a three story house, three blocks from the school. That's um, so crazy. Yeah. I was in a local neighborhood. Um, I mean, now it like, so Da Nang's really different now. I lived there in 2011, 2012 and 
I kind of knew like, oh, wow, like it hasn't really been developed that much, like with other countries coming in to like work there and like build up. And, you know, something that's unique about Da Nang is um, during the Vietnam War, the airport, that was our airfield and Agent Orange was mixed there. And it was a really kind of surreal thing, like flying in there and like knowing pictures I've shown when I've topped the Vietnam War to be like, holy shit, like I'm here. Yeah. Um, wow. And some of my students, so we had a mix of um, local kids and expat kids. And just going back to China briefly, um, local Chinese kids are not allowed to be at international schools. You have to have a foreign passport. Um, also, you have to have a foreign passport to go to church in China. What? So, yeah. What kind of rules are those? Okay, so do they believe? What, if, what, if, what is their belief system Well, as far so as like China, religion? Yeah, so China is mostly, they're more atheist than anything, mm-hmm. um, but otherwise they're Buddhist. Um, so oh, if God. there's like a Catholic, <laughs> like, yeah, Catholic church. I feel like Buddhists are like, for the most part, like pretty chill, rational. Yeah. I do not feel like that about the Chinese culture, but maybe that's yeah, just a I stereotype. Mean, yeah, I mean, there's Buddhist temples everywhere. There's monks. Like I lived in the Jiang Temple area, and like you would see monks walking around all the time. I always cracked up to be like, "You're on an iPhone in your monk outfit." Yeah. <laughs> okay, mm, something's wrong with this picture. Spot that. Yeah, like um, some of my friends that lived in Shanghai were Mormon, and they couldn't have a church, so like just in one of their like apartment because they were in like really fancy apartment buildings like because their husbands had really good jobs and um they would have to have church like in a kind of like community room in their apartment center um and they basically had to be really careful like chinese people couldn't come because like they could get in trouble by the cops that's for that so crazy i know like, but you go to jail for that mm-hmm. oh my yeah. god not, as a foreigner no yeah right like right. because you had a foreign passport but um yeah, so that's just a fun tidbit. But uh, yeah, Vietnam was a mix of expat kids. So it was weird. My school didn't have an English language test to get in. So I was teaching both English and history. And like, I had this kid, Yum, who's from was from like a rural part of Vietnam, but like living with an aunt in Da Nang. He's 13, knows no English. And then I had a girl, Alyssa, who happened to be from Anaheim, California. Oh, funny. Totally fluent in English, you know? Oh, so it was like... I had a Vietnamese assistant, but it like drove me bonkers. Like I'm here to help these kids, but like this kid's like 13 and doesn't know any English, yeah. but he's at, like, what do I do? You know? So that was, yeah. that was difficult. And um, honestly, so I moved there in August and I, it was so hot and humid. Um, oh. I had kink, I had cankles for like three months. I looked like I was, I mean, if you look just at my ankles, I think I, I look like a 400 pound woman. Well, like, and let's just preface this with, uh, mosquitoes absolutely love both Jenny and I, it is like, a, yes. the bane of our existence. If there is one mosquito, it will be- bite the shit out of both of us and yeah. no one else. hundred percent. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Not at all. So yeah, that was going to be my next thing. Vietnam. I got tore up by mosquitoes through my clothing. Um, <laughs> Especially I felt like in my classroom, they probably just like tore up my ankles because I'm like sitting at a desk or like standing and they just knew like, oh, she won't notice. And I mean, I was just all the time. And I will tell you guys this in Da Nang, we had the highest rate of dengue fever, which is the daytime mosquito. Mm. There was such a high rate that they actually wouldn't admit you to the hospital because they had so many people. So you literally would be like, cool, give me an IV. And then 
go home. But like dengue, I don't know if you know, it feels like it's, they no. call it like the bone breaking disease. No. Mm-hmm. Cause you feel like you have such like, it starts to feel like the flu, but then it's so intense. Like literally your bones hurt and you feel like your bones are breaking. I'm like, Oh, that sounds fucking great. So oh God, when I goddamn mosquito. Right. Ah! And so for me, knowing that I get annihilated by mosquitoes, I just kind of came to terms with like, I'm going to get fucking dengue. Like yeah. it's going to happen. I don't know how I didn't get it. I didn't, but like, there'd be like a kid missing for a couple days and I'd be like, oh, hey, like where's so-and-so? And they're like, oh, he has dengue. I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, oh my God. <laughs> but it was just like, no big deal. Like it's like yeah. he has the flu, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, he has dengue, whatever. I'm like, oh God. Um, Vietnamese food, you guys, amazing. Um, I lived in a local neighborhood. So two doors down was uh, Miss Lee. She had like a little shop out of the front of her house. So I just had a tab with her and um, I'd get little snacks from her, like ramen, coffee every morning. Um, Angie, who lived, who worked at my school, her and her husband lived across the street from me. So her and I would meet up for coffee in the morning. Um, and that shit's like so potent. Um, but also like down the street was someone that made pho and like I fresh French baguettes. Yeah. And it was like 25 cents. Like it was so fucking cheap. It was so ridiculous. Um, I had never really had like lemongrass in a lot of food before, mm. but in Da Nang, they love it. And there were these like lemongrass ribs and it was just like, oh, it was, it was so good. Really? Um, there's definitely smaller expat community, less like Western food options, which is totally fine like every now and then I'm like I really want a fucking pizza and there was a pizza place it was super delicious I would eat the whole thing and my stomach would hurt yeah but it was but I didn't care yeah didn't care yeah don't even care um we would go to this place um that was just all chicken they would be like roasting um pieces of chicken and you just like throw the chicken bones on the ground and they just bring you crates of beer and they just add up like how much beer you had with your friends um, was like, okay, well, we probably should just take a little revisit there. I love so good, uh, so much. Yeah. I think I would love Vietnam. I want to go to um, Japan too, and Philippines yeah. and Thailand. I know, I know. I mean, yeah, Thailand's amazing. China, I mean, no thanks. Malaysia, yeah. I know a lot of people say that. My dad's so funny. My when my dad was coming to see me, um, part of the reason he came out to see me was because of my accident that I had with the um, carbon monoxide. And, um, he had said, I had never like put something on my list and taken it off so quickly. Cause when I was moving there, my dad was like, yeah, no hard pass. Like I'm not coming to visit you. Um, and then he did. And my mom packed him plastic spoons and knives to take to the restaurants. <laughs> she was nervous that like oh. his use of chopsticks, which I mean, I got him to use the chopsticks pretty well. Um, but yeah, like Vietnam was cool because it was like summer weather year round. Um, like China was really cold. I mean, it snowed in the winter in Shanghai and like you would just be in like layers of clothes and the pollution was pretty shitty. Sometimes I got bronchitis a lot. Um, but like Vietnam was just cool because like, you know, I could just walk to the beach and like the ocean was super warm or the sea. Um, it's kind of funny. Like you guys, I like grew up swimming. I coach water polo and swim forever. Like I'm a really good swimmer. So like at the beach, I call them like salad bowls. There's these weird little like circular boats that these lifeguards and I'm doing air quotes, you guys, because <laughs> they're literally fucking like chain smoking in there. <laughs> and I'm like, how? It, what? Yeah. They're like in the water. So like they have these like 
roped off like swim areas where people just kind of stand and actually a lot of people don't know how to swim um the australian lifeguards have like a swim program they volunteer and they come and do with the locals um so for me i'm like well fuck it if i'm gonna go in the water why am i gonna go with like the whole town like i'm gonna go to the other side and the lifeguards would always be like beep, 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 beep. <laughs> yeah dude I'm, I'm good yeah you're like actually i could probably save your ass so don't fall in yeah. or i'm like how about like the hundreds of people sardines jam-packed yeah, no. next to each other that don't know how to swim like they're gonna make me drown yeah no no thanks <laughs> i don't want to no um but yeah i drove a motorbike living in vietnam um i felt like it was mario kart like every really? day like i'm collecting stars or coins or something <laughs> ding, you ding, know ding, ding, ding. Uh, where i lived um i still remember you like go down the street you make a right and then i would turn and i have to go through this big traffic circle that gets over this bridge and so for the traffic circle my friend angie my neighbor i rode with her to work the first few weeks before i got a bike and she would tell me like okay you got to look at like the back end of a scooter that's coming by you. And then you just kind of like follow them out. And I'm like, all right, cool. And I felt like you'd be like collecting coins, like that's going so around funny. the traffic circle. Um, Cause we lived like, so like the heart of the city was like over the bridge. Like we were on the coastal side. So you just go over the bridge. It was like six minutes to get to work. Um, but it was, it was super cool to ride a motorbike. Um, we had the rainy season, so you had your rain gear. I learned why you should have a helmet with like a plastic face thing because rain really fucking hurts your face. <laughs> I did not know that. Okay. That's, and yeah. during rainy season, you guys, I don't wear a lot of makeup. I just wear mascara. And, um, most of the time it's cause I'm like tired all the time when I was teaching. So it made me feel a little more awake. Oh, uh, yeah. so <laughs> I'm alive. I'm alive. I swear. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, and then COVID just like put all that out the window. I'm like, yeah, fuck, whatever. Yeah, for all um, of us. totally. But, um, I remember I, during the rainy season, I learned my lesson of why I should do my makeup at work. <laughs> I like, to get off my motorbike and I think like a student looked at me like, what the fuck is going on with you? And then I'm like, oh, God. oh. And I went to the bathroom and it's just black. I'm like, oh, shit. Whoopsie. How, okay, yeah. so how long did you live in China versus Vietnam again? Yeah, so I was in um, China for two years, Vietnam for one year, and just kind of around Christmas time when I was in Vietnam, like, my school was just kind of shitty and like my principal was kind of shitty. And I was just like, okay. Cause like you were saying like with Florence, how you regret coming home. Like when I was in China and was ready to leave China, I wasn't really ready to leave living abroad. Yeah. Um, and just so you guys know, it was really competitive then for teaching jobs. And I only had like a year under my belt when I was applying originally. So like everyone around the world had gotten laid off. So the really like premier top international schools like wouldn't even give me the time of day for an interview um, just because I'm competing with people that probably have like 10 years of experience, Yeah, you know? So I just had to take whatever I could get, which is fine. Like I'm super grateful for that. Um, you know, just having a free ticket home every year and your rent paid for, I mean, it's great, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but just like around Christmas time, I was kind of like the expat life going from Shanghai to Vietnam. Like I had such like a, big group of friends in China versus, I mean, in Vietnam, I had really great friends too. Just like expat communities, a lot smaller, both countries. I will tell you dating life is super shitty as a white female because expats want to date locals and locals are too scared to come talk to you. 
So like not really having a dating life. Yeah. But kind of cool because if you go out to bars with your girlfriends, like no one's going to come talk to you. So it's kind of nice. Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> People just instead leave of the like fuck alone. Yeah, and, and Jenny's like, husband now is Filipino and white. So yeah, yeah. Well, and like you know, in Italy, guys, Italians just pull their chairs up to you, and like, oh, yeah. even if you ignore them, they just stay there. And yeah, like hello, we're we're just going to be here in your space. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, overall, I really think, you know, everything we do kind of defines who we are as we're like growing up. And um, I'm so grateful I have that opportunity. And I was just kind of like, all right, I think I'm I, at the time it was like Christmas time. And I remember my mom was like, just come home. And I'm like, no, like, I need to finish the school year out. Like, I'm not gonna, that's like unprofessional. Also, like, I kind of needed on my resume yeah. <laughs> to be there. And, you know, then I came, I came back in um, June. No, it was end of May 2013. And what was cool to go home, I flew from, I had to go from Ho Chi Minh City, Saigon, and I went to Tokyo and then Tokyo to Orange County. But I was able to have like a 12-hour layover in Tokyo during the day. And my friend Jess was living and teaching there. We had taught in China together and some of our old students lived in Tokyo. So we made it where like I figured out at the Tokyo airport that there are lockers. So I put like my day pack in there and then they had showers I could use after. So I just threw my shit in a locker, jumped on the train. They have Wi-Fi everywhere, messaged them, met them at a certain Metro stop. And we got ramen, sushi, went shopping, went back to the airport, took a shower and moved back to America. That's so crazy. (laughs) So crazy. So it was like, yeah, like total reverse culture shock coming home. Like, when I was driving a car, I felt like I was driving a motorbike. Yeah. Um, my stomach hurt for like at least six to eight months from like so much cheese and like Mexican food and Italian. And yeah. All, all the processed things, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, living in Asia, I was like the skinniest I had ever been. I think because like everything I was eating going on the processed stuff, like I was everything I was eating was so fresh and like no GMOs, no preservatives. Like I ate so many different types of vegetables living in both countries. Like mm-hmm. it was delicious. Um, and just walking everywhere too. I mean, Vietnam a little bit less cause I had the motorbike, but you know, I was in the water and walking, whatever. Um, so just overall, yeah, I mean, it was a cool experience. Um, I definitely felt like a reverse culture shock coming home sometimes and that, but I was like ready to come home. Um, you know, I've been teaching for like 13 years now and live in San Diego the past six and a half years, yay, married and all that stuff. But, you know, like I still, I can't believe that it was like 2010. Like I feel like it was just yesterday, you know, or like just yesterday we were like in Italy, like time just freaking goes, you know? It is. It, it is really crazy. And you look back, like even at the pictures and the videos and I can remember how I felt in those moments and I can remember, yeah. you know, like, all the fun and all the craziness. I mean, remember yeah. when we got, was it just me and Aaron that got locked under the train station on New Year's? Remember those, the Italian cops were trying to have sex with us? Well, no, they wanted us to go to like their friend's hotel. Uh-huh. We were like, uh, no. Yeah, that's a but hard no. The, yeah, but the Metro was like packed. Like everyone was trying to like run to like, I don't yeah. know, before they closed or I don't know what was yeah. going on, but we were like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then this side was locked up. We couldn't get out. We're yes. like, oh my God. <laughs> that was our right. first like, experience with the gypsies. Remember the gypsies? Yes. They're shady. trying to steal from Aaron. Still shady. Yeah. Yep. 
they're still there. If you guys don't know anything know. about the gypsies, well, go to Italy. Watch out. Yeah. Italy, Paris. I mean, you name it. Yeah. They're all over the place. Um, but Good yeah, I mean, kids. yeah. Living abroad, I think like, so for me, I felt like I didn't have a chance to like do study abroad like you did. Um, so that was always kind of something in the back of my head as far as something I still wanted to do. And, you know, I think getting yourself out of your comfort zone is so important. Mm -hmm. Like you guys, I went to Asia. I'd never been there. And I have so many countries I love like Malaysia, you guys. Oh my gosh. Their food is off the hook. Like their country's amazing. Thailand is the same. So cheap Philippines, like I mean, I love anything with a beach and then you add Southeast Asia with like super warm water and like delicious food and really nice people. It's like game over. Like yeah. just let's go. Yeah. Um, I went back to Thailand in, um, two years, like four years ago now. Cause there were like 2019, there were really good flight deals. And my friend and I flew to Phuket for, um, 400 us from LA. Wow. Yeah. I want to um, go so bad. Alan's just, he just does not want to leave the country. He's like terrified. <laughs> I know. I'll have, I'll, I'll talk to him again. I'll give him, I'll, I'll make like a little PowerPoint for propaganda. Okay, Alan, we're going to, please, we're going to get you to please. go. Let me tell you, dude, we could go to you guys. You could go to Thailand. We could rent a villa with like both our families and have like a cook. I mean, I'm so down. Would Alan say yes to that? We could have like an infinity pool with people yes. making us drinks. I mean, that might sway him. That would sway him. And you're a great planner. I am not. So maybe that's what he's scared <laughs> of. He's like, here, Janessa's going to fucking Perfect. wing it. We're going to show up and be like, right. we're here. I don't know where we're staying. I don't know what we're doing. We're going to have so much fun. <laughs> I know. Friends that have gone on bigger trips with me. So this was like not for Italy. They joke like I have a fucking Google Doc and I have all this shit. I've done all the research, but I also like really good deals. Yeah. Like that's why I get to go a lot of places is because I find really good deals. Like, did I need to go to Thailand for spring break? Was it a really long flight for a seven day vacation? A hundred percent. But for $400, I was like, fuck yeah, let's go. And my yeah. friend Meg was like, yeah, let's do it. So we did. Yeah. And actually we, um, fell asleep at the Shanghai airport where we were changing planes and um, we missed our flight to oh, shit. Thailand. So we had to spend the night in Shanghai and I was so PTSD like oh, no. I didn't plan on being in China and I was like oh my god but we, we ended up like changing a flight but we were going to have to like spend a day which I was like fine like fast <laughs> to go um but we were like no but we really want to go to thailand i really don't want to be in china yeah no you're like nope <laughs> oh. i've had enough of that i want to go to thailand and pretty much oh. yeah but um yeah like asia and trout it's just great you know um it's so cheap and you know the locals really thrive off of tourism like i think covid's just really hurt them a lot. Like I know Malaysia just reopened. So that's great. I have a friend that just moved to Bali. He was there during 2020. Um, cause he was traveling the world and like, he ended up being stuck in Bali, which is fine. Like, uh, yeah, not a bad place. No, but he, yeah, he was just kind of bummed because like everything just like shut down and he couldn't keep going on his around the world trip. Well, you know, he worked remote and stuff. So he came back to the States for a little bit, just went back. Um, so you said it's kind of cool to see it like reopening and like the locals are like so grateful and like so excited to welcome tourists back. 
Yeah, I want to so be a good tourist, too. you guys. Be a be a good human when you go travel because those people rely on us. Yeah, you know, for their livelihood. Yeah. So, yeah. well, when you find a good deal, um, we we're gonna sell Alan on it and we're gonna go because yeah. I, I really want to go to Thailand. I really want to go to Philippines. Presentation. Yeah, like, please. This is what we're doing. Yeah, I want Actually, my kids to should... experience that too. I yeah. mean. I think he's just so nervous to take them. I mean, they have passports. They've had, Aston had a passport since he's six months old. I mean, he looks like a jailbird in his passport, but <laughs> what are you going to do? And I'm like, we need, we need to go. We did like COVID. Yeah. Okay. We're done with that. So let's move forward. And it, yeah, maybe that's what absolutely. we need to put on our to-do list. Yeah. Jenny plans definitely. a trip to the Philippines or Perfect. Thailand, Thailand. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, any of it works. I mean, it, they're just freaking beautiful. Yeah. So maybe we just need to buy it and be like, Alan, so we're going to the airport on this day. This is what we're, he hates that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's sure. more my jam. I'd be like, yes, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, we're Alan and I are both teachers. So, I mean, we got some extra time to travel. So yeah. we'll figure it out. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, that was yeah. it. Um, Jenny's a very interesting individual. I mean, she was born and raised Mormon. So that's a whole other episode we could do. Um, but so that's for different, for different, for different, for different day, right? <laughs> to you be continued. Yeah. Yes, uh, absolutely. So have fun well, on your spring break. Me. Yes. Thanks yes. for sharing all the goods about China and Vietnam. And well, you know, yeah. we have, we have a lot more stories we could talk about, but time's up guys. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So thanks awesome. for coming on. We love you. Yeah, and um, yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right. Time's up, people. Hope you enjoyed yourselves as much as we did. Yeah. Come find us on social media, on Instagram. Say what podcast 2021. Give us a follow. If you have questions or topics you want us to cover, you can slide that right into our DM. Slide it in like butter, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. Cheers. Cheers.